Welcome to Arcade Attack. <laughs> A retro gaming podcast for up to four players. Sonic Boom! Welcome everyone to another Arcade Attack podcast. I'm Dylan. I haven't actually hosted one for blooming Hello, ages. Dylan. What's wrong with me? <laughs> anyway. He's back. I'm, jo- I'm joined by James. Ooga. Hello, everybody. I'm joined by Keith. Hello. And I'm joined by Adrian. Aloha. So, everyone loves our What Makes the Best <laughs> series. Especially oh, Dylan. <laughs> everyone loves these. Do you yeah. know why? Floaty physics. Floaty, floaty everyone loves physics, floaty physics yeah. over heavy physics. Everyone knows this. But everyone knows that, you know, I don't really like doing a lot of research. But I do like getting everyone's memories extracting memories from my own brain and maybe coming up with some kind of entertainment for you guys listening at home so mm. there were two there were two i'm going to reserve the other one one's very tailored towards keith and the other one was very tailored towards adrian mm. the other day i don't get one the other day you didn't get one sorry, <laughs> for these two ideas so i'm going to keep the other one in the bank and see if we do it, manage to do it before 300 so i apologize to you, Sir Keith, <laughs> oh, no. because you'll probably not have. Maybe you might have some to say. Okay. Maybe in the most more recent news, you might have played more of this genre genre okay. of game. So Adrian's in the hot seat. Tailored this towards Adrian because we made him sit there for two and a half hours. We did um, in the Last of Us yep. pod, and he and the barely... only bit he remembered was about boats. Which didn't someone yeah, commented on Facebook saying. Adrian hasn't spoken much in this episode. Yeah, they did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they did. Does like, is, was Adrian at the pod? Like, was he? Someone didn't. Didn't Adrian like Last of Us? Well, have you seen the show? <laughs> they did say. That, yeah, no. they did. Yeah. Oh. Words to that effect. Oh, we did yeah. make you do that. That's true. Poor bloke. Poor bloke. I mean, he's made Keith sit through enough Jaguar true. episodes. Yeah, that's that's true. fair. Things as well. But so maybe you know, I felt a bit bad, <laughs> so I went for this one. Um, let's see if it comes out right. Let's see if it comes right. So today we are going to discuss what makes the perfect point and click adventure. <laughs> oh man! Wow. Okay, interesting. So I'm looking, interesting. looking at Keith. What more his recent gaming history might give him some he opinion. Played a handful on yeah, this yeah. later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, firstly, I'll just give you guys a quick a quick run through through how I got involved in point and click adventures. So. As long-time listeners of the pod will know, I had a master system. No point-and-click stuff. No, there. no point-and-click. Then, and no. I had a kind of a Mega Drive and... Uh, Amiga. Boom. That was like PC then. Amiga. One Amiga. of the greatest machines I've ever owned. I rinsed that thing. That A1200 got rinsed. I got it in 93, maybe 94. Easily played it for like four or five years. Mm. That thing got rinsed. Um... Yeah, what, so the mainstays of that system, that yeah. Amiga system, are point-and-click adventures yeah. and uh, sports simulations, maybe. Sports like like simulations. football management games are pretty big. They were like... Uh, platform games were okay, not yeah, amazing. Like management games. Strategy. RTS yeah. games. 
Some yeah. on the Am- Some. June two, yeah, maybe there wasn't loads though on the Amiga. You'd say like the sports stuff because obviously like things yeah. like Sensi with the one button and Shoot- joystick. Okay, and shooters is quite Arcade a few shooters, but then point and yeah. click adventures. Of course, yes, it was this kind of thing. Like the machine didn't need to be too powerful, and it was kind of at a time where a lot of them were released at a time where PCs and Amigas were going hand in hand. So yeah, at one point fact, they were level level, weren't they? And you could even say that Amigas yeah, were more powerful. I'd agree. I'd you agree. could even say they were more powerful. Controversial. Yeah, yeah, fair though. Um. Before Adrian lent me Monkey Island, hmm. I actually played some other point-and-click games ah. beforehand. So there was, I remember, I had, I think it was CU Amiga or Amiga Power, and they were like, this collection of games is really good to pick up for 30 quid. So they were like slightly older games on the Amiga, but like 30 quid. I was like, ooh. And it was my birthday, and I had 30 pounds. Yeah. So I was like, and there was, there were, again, one of the companies was a Lucas Art collection, and the other one was a Delphine Software collection. Uh, I think I know where this is going. You see where this is going? Yeah. You know which one I bought, don't you? Well, uh, you should have got the other, but carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever one you no, bought, no, you were wrong. Good. They're both good. <laughs> Adrian would have bought the Lucas Art one. Yeah, I would have done. I bought the Delphine Software one. So there, there, there were two reasons I bought the Delphine Software one. One of them was Another World. Oh. The other one was Flashback. How good really, are those yeah. games? Those games are top draw, Legendary. easily That's top. Triple I went a, to yeah. um, Brecon Beacons recently, and it took me hours to recreate the Another World. <laughs> yeah, you spent a long time doing cover it. scene. You have the arms out near the waterfall. <laughs> you did it though. It looks really spot on. Yeah, I was like, like Kev, one second, let me do this a bit. <laughs> you should have dyed your hair orange. And I should have done. Yeah, I should have done. So, so that Delphine software bundle was. In my eyes, I'd already kind of got my money's worth because it's, I re- even remember the day. So I had my money. I was like, oh, dad, can you go in the shop and get this for me? I was like lazy, like <laughs> 11, 12 years. I was like, oh, dad, I want to go. He's like, just go to Croydon and get it. The shop is open. It was some weird um, software shop in the Whitgift Centre. You know, when um, all the ones on the high street were kind of like moving around a little bit. Mm. Not that spot where Electronics Boutique was, but yeah. it was like when it moved, it moved into the Whitgift Centre for a little bit. I remember walking, having to walk into the Whitgift Centre and I walked into this shop and it was like Thursday night, late night shopping or something. So no one was around. And the guy was like, the guy like, he must have been in his early 20s. He was like, are you here to play? Oh, you're, you're, you're here to play some games. I'm like, I was like, no. I'm here to buy a game. <laughs> Premier customer. Do you say ka-ching? <laughs> but like, I don't even know if they would have this game. I've just assumed in my brain that the Amiga magazine has said, right, you know, this is out now. This is worth <laughs> a gamble. I just, it was a big gamble. They had both of them, actually. They Ooh. had the Delphine Ooh. one and the Lucas Did you one. think, even for a split you second... Hesitate? Well, I had heard about Monkey Island, but obviously I hadn't played it at that yeah. time. So the ones on it, I think it had Loom on it. Yeah, probably Maniac Mansion, maybe. Maniac Mansion, yeah. Maybe the first Indiana Jones, I'd, I'd guess. No. Okay. I don't I guess think that then. was on it. Ooh. But yeah, but the Delphine one looked really nice. It was like, oh yeah, come at me. So took it home. What was the first game I played on that? Flashback. Of course it was. And thus, <laughs> and, thus, and thus my love of flashback. And then I think I played Another World. And I thought, hmm, what are these other games about? There was one on there called Future Wars. You guys heard of this one? Future Wars. About that. Rings, that. Ringing Bells. It was, I think, one of their earliest games, I think, Delphine. So it was a point and click one. Um, it was really difficult. Like, it was almost nonsensical, like the kind of stuff you had to do. So I, I gave up with that pretty quickly. So then I moved on to something called Operation Stealth. Guys, heard about this? FPS, no, F1, sure. no, Flight Simulator. 
No. no. So it's a point and click game. <laughs> this is it, right? <laughs> I, th- I think the point adventure. is that it's a point and click. Point and click adventure. <laughs> it basically it was a bit of a James Bond ripoff. So what it was is so the guy was called John Grimes or something rather than James Bond. Frank Grimes. <laughs> the name's Grimes. Oh, Grimes. Grimes. Grimesy. Grimesy. And he would he would walk around in his little tuxedo and stuff. Nice. You need to click around the the screen. And I was like, oh, that was pretty cool because the intro was really cool because you saw like the whole premise is that someone's stolen a stealth bomber and they're trying to like they have to get Operation like James stealth. Bond to kind of get on the case. So he's like all John Grimes around the countries. But you know, I'll come I'll come to these games in more depth later. And then the last one, the last game. So it was five games, five games in this box set for thirty quid in those days wow. was banging, banging value. And the last one was something called Cruise for a Corpse, which is another uh, point and click. Yeah, game. yeah. Another point and click game. Great and title as well. So cinematic, so cinematic. Cruise, and it was great. Had a great intro sequence. Really like you know atmosphere, and you felt like someone's got. You get invited to like a party on a on a ship, and now they get murdered. Oh no. Who did it? Mm. <laughs> Who did it? Anyway, that's all I'm going to say about that. So that's my my sort of my my brief in, introduction to point and click games. I'm going to throw Keith in the deep end here. Yeah. So, man, console man, point and click console adventures man. until Grim Fandango. Yeah. I hadn't really played any. Mm-hmm. And again, I remember I remember seeing things like Monkey Island in some of the magazines mm-hmm. when we were younger mm-hmm. and thinking it looked really cool. Mm-hmm. Why isn't there anything like that on my Mega Drive? <laughs> But, the, you know, and then as things progressed, 32-bit, blah, 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 you know, graphics, we're looking forward, not backwards. Mm-hmm. And I never yep. really, never really played many. But, and, and I'm racking my brain now. Grim Fandango is the big one. Obviously, we did a podcast not too long mm-hmm. ago. Um, Clock Tower. Clock Tower. Yes. Clock Tower on the PS1 was a point and click game. You love that. Yes. I love that. You love it. Scissor Man. But apart from that, I'm trying to think now what else I've played. It's not many. No. Full Throttle? Do you not play that? I've got it, but I never played yeah, it. Okay. It was like a double pack thing. With, it was. With Grim Fandango. That was real. But I loved well. Grim Fandango. And, that, and I've, so instead of playing Full Throttle, I played Grim Fandango again. Mm. Um, so yours is more kind of recent, more recently oh, 90s kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're old games, but mm. I only came to them more recently. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There was something else, but I'll, I'll shout out in a minute if it comes to mind. Good, all right. Sure you just get like else. some random Tourette's. Yeah. Random click, click, it, point and click. It ain't going to come to mind with me saying it, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to come to Adrian in a minute, but Mr. Miller. So I'm I'm kind of like Adrian on the on the Last of Us episode, to be honest. <laughs> but I I mean, so I've played, I played actually, it was around your house. I played Police Monkey Notes. Island. Sorry. Oh, whoa. Yay, Police Notes. Thank you. Yes. Played a translation of police notes. Very yes. good. That's point and click. Can I go now? Yes. Sorry. That was that, that was police <laughs> police notes. <laughs> Is that all right? Can I? Yeah. Okay. No, okay. Go. <laughs> so I remember playing Monkey Island actually um, quite a few times at Agent's house. <laughs> it's not the best game for a friend. It's no, out. no, but it was like I, I, it must have been like on the after school one day or something, and we were just like messing around and like whatever it was. And yeah, I remember I remember playing Monkey Island. It was only around your eyes. I never had it. Um, mm. I remember Broken Sword. Oh, that's a mm-hmm. classic. Yes. Yeah, Broken Sword was really good. And I also played Fate of Atlantis as well. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, Other great. than those three, which I never finished any of them, that's literally my repertoire of point and click games. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently played Grim Fandango, um, mainly because of the pod, actually. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because of the... Well, I played, I played, I played probably a th- 
third of the game, bit less than a third of the game before the pod, okay. um, to get a good feel for it. Obviously, I'd never, never even played it before. And then I was like, when you'd kind of given a bit more, you know, expansion on the story, I was like, oh, this sounds really cool. Yeah, and I enjoyed great. the part yeah. that I played as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, that was good. But yeah, other than that, I, it's, it's been a long, long, long time since I've kind of played a, um, sort of classic point and click game. So I'm sure you'll this, have some opinions for me later. This, oh, I've no doubt I've got some yeah. opinions. But, uh, <laughs> some, I'm going to have some of those opinions. <laughs> yeah. Um, Adrian. Well, I mean, is, is a point and click adventure that's the kind of thing you play? Oh, I loved it. The kind of thing you used to play. And I've kind of there? fallen back in love with the series, the genre, a little bit recently. I played, I've replayed quite a few of them recently for pod research and, mm-hmm. and, it's be, and just to scratch a little itch. But yeah, I, I told this story, I think it was our second episode actually, about the Monkey Island story about how I almost couldn't believe seeing it at Usman's yeah, house. Yeah, I said, yeah. I, I can't believe what the, yeah. this is not the, is this? this is not a video game. Mm-hmm. This is like a story, like a movie. Because mm-hmm. he didn't want to show you it, did he? No, he was really, <laughs> really <laughs> like, you won't like this, Adrian. That's why I showed James. I said, I'm not going to do what Usman did to me. So what Keith is saying so is, exactly even if thing. you think someone's not going to like the look of something, yeah. you still show them it. Yeah, because yeah, I told I, I was quite hyperactive. Mm-hmm. Usman didn't feel in my sort of game. <laughs> Let's put, just play a bit of Street yeah. Fighter. You can just kick smashing buttons. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I loved it. Monkey Island was my was my first um, real entrance to the to the genre. And what a start! Well, we've we've spoken about a lot of point and click stuff. <laughs> we have, actually. and it's mostly orchestrated by you. So, you know, up, yeah, up until fair. this point. Did you ever get the new Monkey Island game? I wanted to ask you. Yeah, that. I'm about three quarters through. I've kind of um, I kind of stop and start. I'm three quarters through the game. I need to see it through. It's I don't want to sound harsh because I, I can be honest, it, it hasn't grabbed me like the others. Is it fair to say that the point and click genre or the point and click adventure genre is outdated? Is a thing of the past? For Here's people in today's world where they've got very short attention spans and there's a Rocket League game that you can get five minutes of quick fun or a bit of a slow slog and you got you sometimes you don't always know what you're doing. I think it is tough. It's a tough genre to crack well, I, these days. I don't know if it's so much that though. I mean, because it could be because because now with the power we have, the technology and everything, mm. you can make a fully immersive open world game which has puzzle elements and talking mm-hmm. to people and solving puzzles and but not in a point and click interface. Yeah. So I suppose in well, that sense, yeah, I think I think the the you've got a lot of advances. Now, the one thing they're pushing and pushing and pushing now is like Unreal Engine 5, for example, and all of the stuff that's coming out of that is quite scary in terms of how realistic okay. that is. And the, and I think that is the thing that's being invested in the most. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it's a shame because obviously I'd actually, from what I've seen, from what I remember from the games I played and also the likes of dipping back into mm-hmm. like Grim Fandango and stuff, it, it, it's kind of a bit of a shame because they've kind of got there's a there's a there's a nice feel to those types of games. Yeah, um, there is a lot of reward for them, and it's and it's quite a pedestrian pace if you want it to be. Obviously, you can rattle through them, I suppose, mm. but yeah. it, because it's quite a pedestrian pace, it's quite a nice bit of refreshment from a lot of modern games. That, I suppose, yeah, they are quite slow paced. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and they can be frustrating. They can yeah. be if you keep going back to all the same locations. You don't know what the puzzle is. You yeah. you, mm-hmm. you can kind of give up quite easily. Which is a shame because it, a lot of these games, if you put time into it, you get a really good story. And maybe I'm guilty of that with the latest Monkey Island. And we'll come to that yeah. a bit later in the podcast. But yeah. so yeah, so we've all got a, a healthy, a healthy sort of history with this genre, yeah. an appreciation, an appreciation yeah, yeah, yeah. of the genre. So what we're going to do now, we're going to build. So to bring people back to the genre, <laughs> yeah. So not like these new Monkey Islands or whatever. We're going to bring people back to the genre. We're going to build yeah. the world's best. <laughs> point and click adventure 
We are. When you click floaty physics. Tim Schafer and say, put your money where your mouth is and make this. Yeah. We're going to start from the top. So basically, we do our usual thing. Mm-hmm. We look at the graphics. We look at the sound. We look at gameplay. Right, yes. Mm. We look at longevity. But we need to draw on stuff that we like from the past because, you know, we're not going to make things up afresh. Mm-hmm. So graphically, I'll start. Ooh. I'll start graphically. Graphically. Well, I've got an opinion on this. What's the best point and click adventure? Graphically, graphically for you adrian for me personally it probably is the peak pixel art so maybe uh it's either i love the sort of fate of atlantis look i really like day of the tentacle kind of real pixel art sam max hit the road is beautiful colorful that mm-hmm. kind of look like bombastic over the top colors but still pixel art um for me that's it mid 90s pixel that's why a lot of people were a bit upset with the art style of the new Monkey Island. I'm not. I quite like the art style, but it's my. If I had to choose, pixel art for me. Pixel art. All right, Keith. I do love the pixel art, mm. but then I also I'm a sucker, as you know, for a pre-rendered background, mm-hmm. and obviously that was what made up the majority of the artwork in Grim Fandango. Yes. yes, you know the polygonal characters. Obviously, they you kind of have to have 3D characters to fit into that kind of world, but. Mm. Um, I do love the pre- the detail you get in a pre-rendered background. Mm-hmm. I'm torn. I'm torn because I do love the uh, p- classic pixel art as well and done well. Done well. Like you say, beautiful. when you talk about Monkey Island, it can still really immerse you in the world and yeah. be really atmospheric and stuff. Oh, okay, cool. so you guys are going for like types of art. But yeah, That's I'm not interested. I don't want a fully 3D or... No, no, no. I no, definitely no. one of flat. those. So definitely a really outdated style. <laughs> outdated, pre-rendered flat. Or pixel, pixel. pixel art. Yeah. Jim's? I think I'd probably because I remember a lot of like the pixel art stuff. You know, I never played a lot of it. I, mm. I, I I'm very familiar with the art style and obviously very familiar with the pre-rendered mm. stuff. I'd like to see, and th- I don't know how this would work, but I I it's worked for a lot of games um, recently. I'm looking at games like Streets of Rage Four, which is totally different, obviously. But the art uh, style, yeah. the art style, the hand drawn, mm-hmm. yeah, this kind of hand drawn, and you can tell it's hand drawn and the way yeah. they've kind of animated mm. it. That. It's almost cartoony, but it's got kind of a, a rich retro detail look to it. Yeah, of, but yeah. It's, yeah, it's got like an updated retro look to it. So it yeah. retains all of the funky, colourful, you know, brush strokes mm-hmm. that you get with retro art. But it's it's a little crisper. It's a little clearer. Yeah. Um, and the way they animated it and stuff as well. I mean, you know, I love that game to bits. It's a bit oh, more like full throttle and stuff kind of style. I yeah. think that's what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but that, what but yeah. that's James is alluding to. Yeah, like a like a like a more modern hand drawn style, but with with that retro kind of feel to it. Mm. Uh, something how you kind of work that with the backgrounds i don't know mm. but kind of yeah somewhere between animated and mm. you know the sort of hand-drawn cell-shaded type stuff yeah um, See, this is the thing right you want something if you're making the borderlandsy yeah thing. if you're making the perfect click and adventure click point and click adventure game you need something that's timeless yeah yes. don't you isn't it so yeah. things like don't get me wrong i love my pre-rendered yeah, backdrops yeah, yeah. things like that i think in our kind of spheres, maybe maybe more dated, maybe more dated than a pure pixel, a pure pixel art. Mm, yep. Do you know what I mean? It it always look good. Always look twenty good, years right? time, it will still be look, it will look sharp yeah. and good. Yeah. So like, I'm willing, definitely willing to concede on that. Like I say, I love both. I think, yeah. but yeah, like, I'd I'd go along with that. These graphics have to be set into but... a world like you know we talk about. All you guys mentioned vibrant colours. Mm. So you'd prefer more colourful, more colourful point-of-click adventure? Because a lot of the stuff that I like is quite moody. Yeah. Like, you think of stuff like Beneath the Steel Sky is quite 
mm. quite dark and quite like it's quite light, kind of it's kind of light dark at the same time, and stuff like Universe, all those Amiga like kind of weird sci-fi ones are more kind of dark, they're yeah. more kind of atmospheric that way. But in stuff like Simon the Sorcerer is really kind of fun and playful, yeah, yeah, and it's, it's all in like game, forest actually. and stuff, and it's stuff like Monkey Island kind of flits between the two because you've got the nighttime scenes, yeah, and then you've got the kind of daytime stuff. You know, it's it's a weird. How do you strike that balance? You know, would you go for dark and atmospheric? Do you go for fun and playful? Well, it comes back to what is your story? Who? Yeah. What is? Is it a comedy point of click or is it a serious yeah. one? Mm-hmm. Serious, you go dark and gloomy. If it's if it's cartoony or happy, you go for that. Mm. That's what I would say. Yeah, it depends. We haven't got to that bit, have we? No, we haven't got to that bit. But you know, I get I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Are we all happy with that? We're yeah. happy with that as an approach. So we're going pixel art. We're going pixel so, art. Yeah. And then depending on the story, <laughs> yeah. we choose. Actually, let's do story next. Yeah. Okay. Come up with a story. <laughs> Come up with a story. <laughs> so, yeah. stories. So, the whole point, I think, of a point-and-click adventure game is to tell a story, right? Yes. Oh, well, yeah. point of, Naturally. Any, yeah, yeah. any video game apart from sports games pretty much tell a story, right? Some of the best stories were told in point-and-click adventures. They were. That Beneath the Steel Sky story. That, um, that could be a movie. The, the Operation Stealth story, <laughs> even though me like really like ham fisted, ham fistedly explaining to you guys was really interesting as a kid. You're like, good old John Grimes. Someone's yeah, John Grimes. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, and you're like, and you have to. Yes, it's just so weird. You have to go, go to these countries and like try and and you have to use something to forge documents. You have to point and click yeah. up, open your suit, um, your briefcase, and put your fake documents in the thing to get through passport control. If you don't, they like shoot you. Like, it kind of it kind of intimates they kind of shoot you dead they kind of arrest you or shoot you dead i'm like oh man this is a bit dark it's a bit much for, but, for not having the right documents but story wise it was you know it's just really nice it's just a good thing i think future wars i, I looked at a, a walkthrough years later it's just mad you you're basically a guy that's um like a window cleaner and you end up on like some weird planet and like, <laughs> like it's just like yeah. it's just so like weird. It's just I love it. That that kind of ability to tell a story is something that's good, right? So you choose a pirate story. I wouldn't necessarily choose a pirate story, but it kind of links into a story I would I would like to tell. Mm. I want to see a story that I couldn't experience in real life. I can't be a pirate unless I'm in dodgeball. So you, you know? wouldn't go sci-fi. Oh. So, so my Gar- point is, though, Peter. I want to feel like I'm su- controlling someone that I couldn't do. So, for example, it could be in the future. It could be based in pirate times. It could be based in medieval times. I don't want it based in current 2023 Croydon. I want to be out. <laughs> Nobody wants to play that What's game. What's the best story that you've experienced in the point-and-click adventure? Ooh. What's the one that's right, grossed you the fine. most? The best for me, the best story, mm. is probably uh, Fate of Atlantis. For me, the oh, yeah, great, great game. Because it's an amazing Good story, and many people, like we said before, it could be its own film. I really like well, that, that. Should have been and the fourth film. It could have been an Indiana Jones. Huh? Yeah, it could be an archaeologist. Oh, I know. You basically just have to be Ross Geller. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> the, but I like the idea of traveling around and finding secrets out and, and things that we probably wouldn't do. There's no secrets in Croydon. You can't just go digging up <laughs> things. Well, in there Croydon. are. You just. Don't I'm sure there are. Them. You yeah, just yeah, don't yeah. want to know what they are. That's all. But. Even like Sam and Max, it's just crazy. It's out there. It's zany, and I want to. I like that idea that if you're going to tell a story, it should even Broken Sword. It's quite. A, it's quite serious in a way, but it's set in mm. someone who's gone to Paris, who who's an American uh, guy. Great game, by the way, Broken Sword. Mm. But he's out of his comfort zone. He has to find these all these people and locations he's not used to. I like the idea, and even Guybrush Fleetwood, he has to become a pirate. It's mm. that big. It's that journey in life. I want to have that as a story. 
Yeah. You would have it about pirates. Okay, I'll put pirates. You're <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. All of that, and he's gone. Yeah, you're right. I'm yeah. just gonna put. I'm just gonna put pirates. Yeah, as long as it's pirates, no. I'm happy. So Keith, of the two point and click adventures, <laughs> <laughs> what's the best story? Grim See, Fandango. You know, I like. I like. You know, I like a uh, futuristic stuff. I like mm. a noir. Yes. But that, I mean, that's kind of what Police Noughts is. It's what mm-hmm. Snatcher is. It's like yeah. noir, kind of Blade Runnery influence. Um, but I think, like Aid says, like you want to go, you, you want to kind of be able to visit places that you wouldn't be able to visit normally. There's more about exploration. Yeah, and what, but what, what do I love about or one of the great things about Grim Fandango that underworld setting? It's yeah. like it was nothing anyone had ever experienced in a video game. What mm-hmm. a great idea to mm-hmm. set it somewhere like that. Um, and it was taken, and it and it took aspects of things that were familiar, like like he had an office job. But in yeah, in a we- in underworld, yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It is weird, isn't um, it? It's cool. So yeah, just like re- you got to have really interesting locales that you visit. Interesting locales. Um, but in terms of a story, a, a mystery, a mystery. Oh a yes, mystery, some kind of mystery. Do you know what? All of the ones I can think of off the top of my head have got some had some kind of mystery. Mm. Something weird has happened, and you've got to get to the bottom yeah. of the matter. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> bottom though. of the matter. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't no, it's, it's true. It's mystery. true. Everyone, even no, Sour Max, is a mystery. You got to unfold. And mm-hmm. day of the day of the tentacle, you got. To it has to have a drive. I think with this genre, mm-hmm. doesn't it? It has to have a drive. Like you have to keep. Like there is, oh, you could complete a game, or I'll get to the end of a level. But you have to actually understand what happens in the end. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point, isn't it? That's the whole point about this kind of genre. I think you need a yeah, good it's like a book. You've got to keep reading to find yeah. out what happens at the end. Yeah. I've one of my favourite books, and I don't know if you guys have read it. It's a book called Replay uh, by Ken Grimwood, mm. not Ken Grimes, but Ken Grimwood, or John, John Grimes. Grimes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The and he, Grimes. he wrote this story called Replay, and it's about a man that um, replays his life, and he he dies at forty, he has a heart attack, then he wakes up again at eighteen, and he can relive his life. Oh, you told me about it's this. It's a really oh, good, think, yeah, it's maybe a really, it's a really good book. And when I read in this book, I've read it about three or four times now. I just love it. Because he, he, he knows everything that's happened in the past. He knows that if he buys shares in Apple, he knows he's going to win the Premier League. He knows, do you understand? Yeah. So he can become a very rich yeah, man. Yeah. So, and, it, it, and it's a really interesting thing. And when I'm reading it, right at the end of the book, or I might read it online, it was in development as a film. I think uh, Ben Affleck was attached to be the actor in it. Okay. This was many years, in the, 90, in the 90s maybe, but it never happened. I'd love to see a film of this, but I was thinking this could make a brilliant point and click adventure. Yeah. As in, each chapter is your life, like one mm-hmm. life, and you can sort of, I don't know, the whole point of the book is not really about an end game. Do you do this? Do you do that? Do you put a bet on this? Do yeah. you go over uh, maybe. here? Maybe. You see this coming, what do you do, kind of thing. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. maybe. And I, I think that'd be, I just think it's a really interesting story. And I, so I quite yeah. like time travel. Yeah. time travel and I know they did a Back to the Future kind of uh, point and click game which is I've never played it but it's supposed to be pretty good right. so I'd love to play something like time travel and I know they did that in Day, uh, in, um, Day of the Tentacle but I love that kind of stuff yeah. I want time travel James Pirates and time travel so Adrian wants a time traveling pirate <laughs> yeah he wants a time travel I've written it all down don't worry I'm gonna he's not asking for much is he no 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 no, no. I What's, think there's there's yeah, story wise well there's two that probably don't fit with all the games that I, well the few games that I've played mm. one of them would be like a classic murder mystery um, like Cruise for a Corpse. <laughs> indeed, indeed. But you could, you've got so many options within that, obviously the setting and the, the characters and all that mm. sort of stuff. But I think everybody quite enjoys a good, strong, you know, uh, story-driven um, murder mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Christ almighty, the amount of money that's in... Yeah, exactly. The amount of money that's in these murder mystery parties these days that you go to, and you can actually go to like full on weekends where you dress up and go to, you know, and <laughs> yeah. you actually play parts and all this sort of thing. Um, but that's that's always been 
quite good and I've always found those quite enjoyable as well because um, there's you can have lots of different strands to it as well so you can have little side bits where someone else has done something else or you know has kind of wronged someone else and there might be a second murder that you found out about mm-hmm. and this sort of thing. so I find that quite good because you've got a lot of options there and obviously it could be anybody it could be any mm-hmm. weapon any room anything like that so a bit of a Cluedo-y type Kind of I like it. It's a, it's a mystery to solve, isn't it? It's yeah, it, it, but it could be. It could. It, it may be more than just one. So that murder mm-hmm. might be part of a larger sort of plot, or you know, like I say, you could Spectre. you could run away with it. Yeah, yeah. indeed, <laughs> indeed, you could um, run away with it. Um, and then the other one, which I don't know how it worked, but I think it quite be, end up being quite a good story. Would almost be like sixties um, ga- gangland London, mm. which I think would be quite cool because you could get again a lot of layers to that. Different families, different cliques and sections, and you know you'd have to complete certain tasks and create certain things and probably more forged documents and put them in briefcases and you get shot but yeah something like that i don't know again don't know how that work but i think we've probably got the the, the sort of process empowered how to do it but if i had to pick i'd probably go with the classic murder mystery yeah so quite cluedo-esque but with a with obviously quite a big you know um emphasis on on potentially more than one story arc I so, like it. I like it. Multiple arcs. I do like that. That, that may or may not intertwine. Ooh, very nice. Okay, so we've got our graphics. We've got our story. Sound design, right? So <laughs> sound design is, I think, a bit of a black hole for for point-and-click adventures because they don't really have a lot. If you think about sound effects, and we've spoken about sound effects on various movies, various yes. t- t- you know, genre of game, not a lot happens. Like you hear the click of your mouse, and then you might hear like a meow from a cat on the screen, or an op- or if something or gets opened, or so a- you like yeah. a clonk. <laughs> it's like sound effects wise, it's very. I think it's very kind of minimal. Yeah. So sound yeah. effects. Like, have you actually played any good like point and click games that have good sound effects? I'll well, come onto music I know in a minute. Not, but... It's different, but the when they had voices in the game, when you can actually hear them talk, that was cool. So that's okay. So that's more a PC thing, isn't it? Because yeah. with the Amiga games, they always had the version with no just text with, only. Exactly, just which was fine. Only. But I quite like the talky, talky, talky. Mm. Um, I remember though, I, back to Fate of Atlantis. I do remember when you crack the whip and you you mm-hmm. can crash through the floor, and you would hear some sound effects. But I agree though, the music was quite minimal. Mm. Um, yeah, I think you're fair. That's maybe a weak spot of some of the games. You actually. could do a lot with that. I think. I think you could do a lot with that because now you've mentioned it. Now I think it is quite minimal. And it's it is, really, it is a bit really, bereft, isn't it? Of any, it kind is. Of, you could go to town on that because you actually, know Grim Fandango, yeah. like you walk around and stuff, and you'd hear like the the, the kind of the the road and the the thing in the background now. But there wasn't really a lot of other not lots sound of it, effects no. and what it does things. Do it does well, but mainly it's like Manny's footsteps and yeah, yeah, it's all very kind of quiet. But I suppose if you are just walking around looking at stuff. You're not going to be like, ooh, you're just like, yeah, you know, making ooh. random, but making random. If stuff. you revisit the same locations ten times, you might get bored if there's all this, mm-hmm. or not, yeah, no, not bored, annoyed. The same noises and stuff. Yeah, I kind of again like going back to the the kind of the genre that it is. Mm. I kind of like that. It, it has to be quiet, to the chilled, kind of slow. Pace. You like that? Okay. Yeah. Depending on the scene, like your if preference, it's a scene yeah. that would you would expect lots of noise and things yeah, going yeah. on. It but is. I think. With, I don't with think sound it needs a lot of noise. Yeah. I think it. I think it should stay minimal. Really? Yeah, I'm sort of with you on that. I think it needs to be authentic, though. Yes. So I think you can't use like the same sound for several different things. No. I think what you've got to not do, like an eight bit game. No. <laughs> I think what you've got to do is you, if you're going to have, you know, you need a proper realistic sound effect. 
That's mm. where you could go. Yeah. That's where you could go different. Is yes, keep it relatively, you know, not too loud and not too much in your face and too mm. much going on at once. But when there are sound effects, I think they've got to be true to the actual sound. So yeah. you, you, I, I yeah, think yeah, that it's got to be, and I think you'd have to stick to that. Yeah. So yes, you'd end up probably blowing a bit more of the budget, you know, finding all of the, you know, sounds and stuff. Mm. But Let's be honest. There's probably nothing that can't be recreated digitally the these days. Yeah, we're making the perfect point and click adventure. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I think I think authentic sounds for the action that you're doing, yeah. rather than just a donk or a you know a basic door opening sound. Actually, depending on the door type, you know, is it a big <laughs> oak door where you're like that, or is it you know, or is it a sliding door or? Well, yeah, do you know what I mean? So it has to be different, and it has to be what that actually sounds like. Yeah, you know, because okay. there's lots of games that have been um, <clears throat> that have been panned in the past for not just point and click games, but mm. that have been panned for terrible sound effects. Yeah, you know, things like there's plenty of racing games that that have the oh, same God. engine sound for all sorts of cars. You think oh, what the hell God. is this? But there's some of them that have been massively praised for having the actual authentic. You know, like uh, Need for Speed Underground and that thing. Mm. And that game was like, people still going about it because of how great the sound is. Because yeah. they got the authentic car sounds, yeah. you know. So yeah. are you guys sort of with Adrian that you'd want to have a voice actors? So obviously, like, when you meet people, yeah. you hear them as I opposed would. to I reading. Think, I would. I think if it's done well, it's so good. You'd prefer yeah. that to over I mean, like a book? Because obviously, if you're reading a yeah. book, then you can kind of like make those characters up in your yeah. own brain. Like Let's how say, they, oh, with how this game we're making, does it have infinite budget? Infinite budget. <laughs> you can still make Do the both and give you the option. Oh, yeah. oh. yeah, give you the option. Yeah, that's not a bad. Like, shout, you know, when it's done as well as it's done in Grim Fandango, and this is my reference point. So sorry, I have to keep. But well, when it's done that well, you think, yeah, I want the voices. Yeah, yeah we want yeah. voices. Okay, so. it's when it's done well, isn't it? Mm. Because some of those other ones, the voice acting, as we know, and voice acting in games can be quality but, varies. But yeah. That's that's what we're saying. That's what I'm saying about the sound effects. Yeah. If yeah, you, if you yeah. keep the standard high and you don't compromise and say, "Oh, we'll just use this for that," we'll get away with yeah. that. Don't get away. Don't shortcut. Don't anything. try and do it if you're gonna make it bad. No, and if you're gonna do voice acting, it, it needs to be a decent voice actor. So it doesn't even well, have yeah. to be it doesn't have to be an actor of any note. It just needs no, to be a just, decent voice actor, yeah. which well, obviously would be cheaper. Mark, Mark yeah. Hamill's in Full Throttle. They got some good act. You know, he's good. Yeah, we want, we want Mark Hamill in our game. We Steady. all want Mark Hamill. Yes, Mark Hamill. There you go. Write that down. I write it, Mark Hamill. He can be the protagonist. No, I like the idea as well of keeping the sound effects sparse. Like if you imagine like a mm-hmm. nighttime scene, yeah, and it mm-hmm. say it's raining, just the sound, just of the, the sound of the rain, but actual just rain, that. not someone tapping on yeah. a bit of A4 think, paper yeah, or, or something. Like, yeah. I think the cut, you know, there might be cut scenes in the in the story, and in the cut scenes, that's when you have all the music because you see it once. You, you yeah, see that cut scene helps you into that room more, exactly. Yeah. So the cut scenes can be really. Lovely pixel graphics with amazing mm. sound, and, and that's when it can really show off it. But you only see it once, you never get bored of it. Mm. You go, Whoa, I want to see that again. Sorry, too late, mate. You, you progressed the story, you progressed it. Done, nice. like they did that really well. Monk Island 2 with the, with the scenes with uh, LeChuck. I don't remember if you got to certain points, they went to LeChuck's ship, and you see him, the ghost, yeah. Chuck, and it was just so well done. It, yeah. it was, whoa, that's what I'm talking about. Nice, I like that. Um, before we get into the real meat on the bones, music, then so music design. This is it, right? So it music with point-and-click games tends to be, like, action-oriented, isn't it? So you basically you walk into yeah. a room. You walk into, like, a cafe or something. It's like, ding, da 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 kind of thing. And then you walk outside, and then there's nothing. And then you walk to the next screen, and something's about to kill you. Sorry, that was really bad. Something like that. But yeah, so music design, the games I like are quite silent. 
They're mm. quite silent. They kind of jump at you, like stuff like Beneath the Steel Sky. It's like they kind of jump at you. Like, stuff like Simon Sorcerer and those other kind of jolly ones tend to have some kind of constant like tune in the background. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if that really fits no, with I me in it, my brain. I like prefer a the- feel, like a film. You know, you'll have long periods where maybe there's just dialogue and there isn't actually any music. Yeah, but then when something action what? when there is action there is music that fits the action like yeah, you say yeah. or just depending on the location when there's danger got, dangerous music dangerous music but if you go into a cafe or a bar or a nightclub or something there's going to be some mm-hmm. music that fits the scene that's true um, but again with those and that and what i don't really like is that it's sort of like the same kind of maybe seven or eight bars repeated yeah yeah, yeah. they don't change so if you go to a cafe or something in some of these games I'm thinking of Operation Stealth, I think, in my brain. It just does it. all, yeah. And if you're like clicking around the screen, trying to find the next item, Drive you back the, wall, the next it? thing, that just drives me mental. So I would go, I would, personally, I would go minimalist. I would yeah, yeah. go just your sound effects. And what I think, uh, Dylan, I'm going to chip in is, hmm. I love it when you go back to your old locations, but it's changed. So maybe there's been an earthquake since you've been there last and that can change the sound of it maybe. Yeah. So I actually quite like when they reuse the same locations but mm-hmm. in a sort of altered state from, from the future mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. So oh, yeah. that would be cool. But you're right, put time yeah, in. Even if it's like somewhere that was when you first went there it was really busy and now you've gone back. And exactly. Just stuff like that. I think yeah, that yeah. that means a lot to me. Yeah, mm. I like that sort of stuff. I like those details. You see, you see, I'd I'd throw a spanner in the works, and I'd say, I'll I'll, I'll bow to you. Uh, you I'll, I'll I'll be the lesser mm. of the majority here, but I I would say that I think I think music could because of the way you can engineer it now mm. and the way you know the tools that we've got available. Um, I think I think uh, you know music not throughout, but I think that the use of music in more than less places would be better. Mm-hmm. So, because music obviously could be anything. This it could be a very, you know, a very quiet, um, you know, very sort of slow tune. Mm-hmm. It could be something very upbeat. It could be all sorts of different genres and types, couldn't it? Yeah. You know, it could be it could be anything. Music could literally be anything. Um, so I think from the games, a lot of the games that I have played and play now, I always find it gets enhanced with music that that complements the scene. So I agree with Keith in a sense yeah. that that it complements the scene, and obviously if there's danger, you know, you get the kind of the orchestra yeah. start giving you know wetting giving themselves, it and, yeah. yeah, and then obviously you have bits, some bits that are more serene, and you have you know so on and so forth. I just think that I just think that you could use music when there isn't a music source in the scene. Okay, all right. So you say it's okay. So it doesn't have to be in a cafe. It doesn't have to be in. a No, train. I understand. Just to give it a little bit of. Kind I just of, think. I just think it can. Yeah. It can. It can enhance the mood so much more. Yeah, of course, the tension or whatever, whatever mood you're trying to. Yeah, there is. Yeah. I, okay, so I would put it in more more scenes than less. So interesting. All right, but so that's just you know. I'm quite happy to defer to. In your defence, there is a game I mentioned it years ago in a podcast called Universe. It was on this Amiga like cyberpunk sci-fi point and click game. I used a bit of music on uh, Amiga music. It is like really good because when you're walking around the little planetoids, it's got that sci-fi music. Obviously, there's nothing in the scene that's like saying, "Oh, look, we're going to play you some sci-fi music. I'll play some music." It just gives it. It's like, "Wow, you are in space right Mm. now, and this is what's happening, and we're going to." in the background and that that works really well and in fact i think during that game it just carries on quite a lot that that yeah. that, that game is quite it's quite music I'll, heavy. I'll draw a comparison to a game that isn't point and click but uses mm. music extremely well mm. whilst not necessarily coming from a source 
and is a very modern game, which is No Man's Sky. Yeah. So you, you obviously you're in space. You're going from mm. planet to planet. You're flying space stations. You're doing it's all very this sort subtle. Of thing. Yeah, it's very subtle, and it's mm. but it's very it's very like ethereal, isn't it? It's mm. very kind of spacious. Exactly. I, I think it, but, yeah, because yeah. it's very similar to Universe in that in in that sense because it yeah. is like the kind of like that ethereal kind of woo, out it, it, there. It's just that kind of kind it's of, just that kind of mystical depth to mm. the to the to the. It just makes it feel so much of a bigger. Yeah. thing that you're playing i mean it's yeah. obviously massive but y- y- it it gives it that kind of weird sort of dreamy depth doesn't it mm-hmm. which there's it's not coming from anywhere and you know you, why would you have music in space you, you can't hear anything space is a vacuum you know mm-hmm. so but it's there it is there thank you <laughs> so we've got our graphics we've got our sound we've got the story we've got some music as well how does the whole thing hang together? So the main component of a point-and-click adventure is begins with a p and ends in puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> puzzles. That's basically, puzzles. It is. I mean, there is exploration a lot in a lot of these. So yeah, you can click over to the screen and go there, and you have to go there to do this. But it's mostly about solving puzzles. It is, yes, isn't it? And there's two ways I've noticed when playing these games. There are two ways that you can that you can solve these puzzles. You either have a free form at the bottom, so you've got there's two different types of design for these games. There's one which basically just has the screen kind of split in half and then the bottom has all the actions you can take. Mm. And then the top bit, you just use it to highlight and it shows you when you're highlighting certain objects. And there's the other type where you highlight objects and there's like a mini menu within within the object. Yeah, that's so right, something yeah. like Cruise for a Corpse, you're, it doesn't have a thing at the bottom where you say like walk to or open this or combine with this. Da, da, da. You click on the cat or you can like stroke the cat or like kick the cat. Or, I'm just making that up. You can't kick a cat. You should never kick a cat. Right. So then, yeah, so then you do that kind of thing. So, but see, that I think in my opinion, works a bit better because you kind of, you've, you're looking around for the objects and then you're choosing the most logical thing you can do with the object. The other way, something like Monkey that. Island, where you can kind of go, do this, put a thing in this, yeah, and thing yeah. in this. That's a little bit trickier. It is trickier. It is, isn't it? Of the ones you've played. Full Throttle does it a bit differently. It's a bit, a bit more... Um, Click on the thing. Yeah, you've got like a skull, haven't you? So you, you mm. The skull is talk to, mm-hmm. use, or look at. I think they, they, they try and trim down the options. Monkey Island mm. was guilty. Same with Atlantis, so maybe too many options. Same with Simon the Sorcerer. It's got a whole big chunk at the bottom of use, things pick you can up, do to eat. stuff. Yeah, it's just, it does go a bit OTT. Yeah. But I think some of the more modern point-of-click games are too simple. Is as you just click on the item and click here. You think that's too simple? I, I think so. You've got to have a little bit of nuance. You've got to have a little bit of thought process. Mm-hmm. Um Playing the new Monkey Island game, it's it's the really scaled down that kind of uh, UI, is it? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, the whole you've got the whole screen really, but mm-hmm. it's just I don't know. It just seems a little bit. Oh, here's the item. You know, you can go to your infantry box and you just click on that and you just randomly click on things so it works. It just seems a little bit too, a little bit too simple. You think it's too simple. I think so. I think I don't know. I don't want to annoy people with the puzzles because you can annoy people quite easily with mm-hmm. these puzzles. They can they can lose their way. But you don't want to just hand it to my plate either, you know? Because some puzzles, again, in my especially with Grim Fandango, yeah. Oh, yeah. are a little bit abstract. You've got to strike a balance, and the thing with Grim Fandango as well is it's really because there's no UI, mm-hmm. and you just move Manny around, and you you know mm-hmm. he look might he looks at things, and then you can click and pick them up. Yeah. It's really easy to miss stuff. Yes, yeah. Or you know, there's no. I would never have been able to get anywhere without a walkthrough of that game. I That's mad, admit isn't it? it? Um, so that so you need a balance. It's got to be somewhere mm. in between there. Like Aid says, you don't want to lose 
the fact that you have to use your brain to solve the no, puzzles. But you don't want to frustrate. But this is the question: aimlessly if, wandering around. If a point-and-click adventure used only logical decisions and logical puzzles, how long would it take you to complete it? Mm. Well, zero, not, zero so time. Would, would the puzzles you're down, talking yeah. about <clears throat> are more kind of how you engage with objects, right? Yeah. So and what objects go where? So like. You have to do something with a something and then give it to someone. So how about actual puzzles? So oh, so like slide things around. Yeah. Or... So you'd have, for example, I don't know. Let's just say, in a game, you have you come up against, uh, you know, you're in a boiler room or something, mm. and you come up against a bunch of pipes that are all over the show, and you have to then move around the pipes, arrange them on, yep. you know, a board or whatever, and then the the crane like puts them all into the place you've put on the board or whatever, mm. something like that, you know, or You've got kind of resi style type puzzles. Say, I feel like I've done that with pipes. Is that in Resident Evil? Yeah. No, well, I'm just giving an example, <laughs> but you know, crisis. I'm just Is giving, it? yeah. Or something? Yes, it's been pipes? in something. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Probably. Absolutely. I'm giving an example, but no, no, things no, no. like, um, you know, and, and things like uh, where you've got, uh, you know, certain icons or imagery that has to go in a certain order mm-hmm. or things like, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. actual puzzles as opposed to, you know, engage with Find this item, this, put it on the shelf. This. and Yeah. Because. In my mind, that's not a puzzle. You're, you're. It's more of a. It's more of a. Um, you're kind of exploring the scenery, aren't you? And you're kind of putting yes. some. You're putting things in certain places and engaging with items and 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 objects. It's not a puzzle per se. Not not by my definition, anyway. Yeah. So maybe you could meet somewhere in the middle. I don't know, but I, I, I'd be thinking kind of actual puzzles. Rather like than nonsensical, professor Layton. Yeah, but but, but yeah. relative to the to the scene. Okay, yeah. So Perhaps, yeah. yeah. So it's not got, it's like got Professor be, yeah. Layton. Because Professor Layton just gives you throws up random puzzle. I haven't yeah, played it is. for years. There but. is a story of, look, I played Broken Sword recently on the DS and it was kinda of, like director's cut, it's like extended version, mm-hmm. like more than the PC version. And I think the big one of the differences, I might be wrong here, is they added sort of more puzzles, sort of mm. point like you're kind of describing in the game. It's pretty good. They fit in well with yeah. the game. Um but you they can get really laborious. So some some games they they almost add like little mini games. It can be a bit annoying, I think, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's um, the risk, though. That's the risk. Don't just make them like things that have already been done. Yeah. Don't just make them like a normal bog standard. So like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You the know. full throttle fighting bits were, were very poor, in my opinion. I'm and glad it, you mentioned that. Actually, yeah, go on. Well, I just think you can try too hard to make to make it stand out. Whereas you're, you're playing a point and click adventure game, you don't. Even though it looked pretty cool, you can hit people on your motorbike. Mm-hmm. It did lose its. It took me ages to get through that. I kept, I don't know. I, I I made a mistake in the game, but it just I, I almost gave up with it at one point because I was like, "What's the point of all this?" From the ones in the past, mm. uh, without those, they'd be really short. That's true. They, so they, they boost it, and I don't like them. I'm with you. I don't like them. Operation Stealth has got some weird ones. I'm glad you really. I'm really glad you mentioned this. So there's a bit where John Grimesy or Grimesy has to has to swim through like a section. And but there's a bar. You've got like a bar of oxygen, and you have to use your mouse clicker to click him to the right places to kind of get into these air pockets mm. and kind of get out the other end. And I was thinking, what is going on? Like this is like it was so like it's pretty poorly designed. Like he he'll go into rocks and stuff, and it's really difficult. I'm like, well, I was quite an engrossing adventure. I was quite enjoying the story. Now they're throwing in this rubbish. Like what's going on? I didn't really like the fighting bits in. Was it? Fate? It is fate of Atlantis, Yeah, there is isn't fighting it? bits. Yeah, I just like. I know. I just want to just have yeah. it like just be 
point. The thing. sword fighting yeah. that was done well because that was still you had to sort of choose. In you had to choose Island. your. Um, it was kind of using your. your wit. Yeah, and that was that wasn't yeah. a real time event, was it? It no. was basically it was uh, you click this. You that was do clever. it at your own pace, yeah. right? And that's I, encompassing with the genre of the game. Yeah, I quite like doing things at my own pace. You guys with me on this? I don't. Yeah, know. That's, yeah. Fair, that's fair. That's fair point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and some of the point and click games you could die. Um, yeah, what, what is up with we that? We don't die in our game. No, you don't. I'm always alive. Poor Grimes, he drowned more times than I care to mention. <laughs> game over. Yeah, you know, it needs to get electrocuted though. <laughs> <laughs> but Cruise for a Corpse, a Cruise for a Corpse has got a really clever um, gameplay mechanic where if you find out, you basically have to find clues to find out who murdered your host. When every time you find something out, it knocks the clock on. It shows a clock and it knocks oh. on 10 minutes. So you've basically got to get to I the end like of the I day. Hate, I hate games with timers. Yeah, but there's no timer. It basically just uses it oh, as, okay. as a as a mechanic to show you how far in the how game you are. Gone on. Okay. So as soon as you do something good, you're like, oh, it moves oh, on. Right. Oh, and then like what that. it does then, it shifts everything around on the boat. Because you're on the oh. boat. It's called Crucible. You're on the boat. And then, like, something else will have happened in the boat. So then you've got to go around the boat to try and find that. Okay. And then you do that puzzle. And then it does the next right, 10 right. minutes. And it does. I never got to, I never completed that game. But I thought that was a really clever mm. mechanic. But it was all at your own pace. Yeah. All this quick time event stuff and mm. things, especially on my crappy Amiga mouse with all the, with all the ball and the grime in it. <laughs> oh, John Grimes. There yeah. you go. Even, um, even Shenmue when the quick time event. Hey, oh, hey, it, it was annoying, wasn't it? Cause you felt pressured. What I quite liked about the first Shenmue is that you can just keep on redoing yeah, it until you pass it. it. Yeah. Whereas the Shenmue 2, it's like, oh, you, you've just missed that chunk of game because you haven't done it properly. Yeah, it's or not fair, is it? Missed that year. It's really annoying. Actually. Burned. Burned. Oh, yeah. So I think we pretty much got there. Um, anything else you guys would add to this perfect before I round up? And yeah, I think I would add, but just while we're talking about stuff like that, like obviously combat in these games can be awkward. Mm. But what do you know what's cool about the combat in Police Noughts? What's that? So it switches to like a first person perspective and it's like a basically like a light gun game. Oh yeah. And it's a bit like it came from the desert. You yeah. can use your yeah. virtual gun on the Sega ah, Saturn. To shoot you. you have to sit there with your controller Sexy. most of the game. Yeah. But then when it switches to those moments You pick up the gun. Ba 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 ba. Nice. So that's very cool. That that's is very... cool. I actually quite like those ant bits on the it yeah. came from the desert. So FPS elements, please. Oh yeah. FPS elements. Yeah, FPS. Light gun support. <laughs> light gun support. <laughs> so you also have to fix the fact that light guns don't work on CRT. That's um, on, no... on, on LCD TVs and LED TVs. And stuff. We'll we'll do like a Wii kind of yeah. system. Would we fun. try and make this game based on a already well known IP like Indiana Jones, or would we make a whole new universe? Ooh. Well, this is it. I'm gonna so we so we start with the story. So our, yeah, so on. this is it. On, this is our perfect. <laughs> Point and click adventure. So the story is a story where Mark Hamill plays a pirate <laughs> who <laughs> who is exploring through time many murder mysteries that have multiple arcs. Feeling it? Yeah. Actually, sounds alright to me. Replayability as well. You could play the game a few times. That's it. The multiple arcs gives you replayability. Whoop. Yeah. So he is a time traveling exploring pirate, pirate who is. It was also a detective. He's not, yeah. he's not Hercule Poirot. He's Hercule Pirate. French coat and a pirate hat. Yes. <laughs> okay. Brilliant. Nice. Um, we're going to stick with pixel art. We yeah. are. The yeah. colours are going to be relative to the scene and the mood. So we're not going to go for one type of colours. 
We're going to go... They are relative to the scene and the mood. But is the so, mood comedy or is it straight talking? Well, this depends on where he is, I guess. Okay, yeah. Because if he's gone to time travel into the future, it might be quite bleak mm. and quite horrible. If he's gone to like maybe, you know, fun times in the past. Prehistoric times. Prehistoric times where everything is green and lush, then everything will be green and lush. Although I don't know what kind of dinosaur murder mysteries he'll be trying to solve. Dinosaur murder dino crisis. But, <laughs> you know, a dino crisis. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to have... Uh, realistic sound effects. Yes, absolutely. So, going to be the height of, you know, and we're going to listen to Mr. Hamill or not listen to Mr. Hamill. <laughs> we're Depending have on the your preference. I mean, to turn him off. we've spent blooming millions getting him yep. on board. I don't know why you turn him off, but <laughs> it's an option. Maybe you're deaf. Um, and yeah, so then you go, so then you go, and then the music is sometimes quiet. Sometimes responsive to the scene, hmm. sometimes to build atmosphere. So if he's in space, space pirate, <laughs> very good. The space pirate, be, Mark Campbell, the space pirate. There's going pirate. to be atmospheric sci-fi music in the background. Very ethereal sci-fi, ethereal sci-fi, ambient, subtle ambient, ethereal sci-fi sea shanties. Sea shanties. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'd play it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's happening. And the whole thing would be held together by a big-ish user interface. Big-ish. So not as big as Simon the Sorcerer or Monkey Island, but bigger no. than Monkey Island new one. Yeah. So maybe f- three or four or five options. Not simplistic where you click on the thing and it tells you, gives you options and that's too simple for you. I, do, I think so. You know. You don't like I it. I quite like the idea you could use or you could uh, combine or, or you could like yeah. give this to someone and maybe Mr. Hamill can get a bit annoyed if he's combining the wrong things or things are going to blow up in his face (laughs) what happens when what happens like during that like if if like you click on one of those and it like does nothing and then you just have to click on another one and another one and another one like are, are we saying that are we saying that it should only be like one correct option or can we have a situation where it's very confusing this is the thing right so most of those point and click adventures it's only there's only one solution one solution yeah which I think is crap I think yeah, there should not be have... more ways to skin a cat you should yeah. never skin a cat <laughs> or, or kick, kick one or kick one please yeah. but you could have you could have if you click another one and did something it would it would potentially do something not not kind of um, to help the particular main storyline along, but it might either reveal something else or, um, do you know what I mean, give you a secret or yes, something like that. Something, you know, so not all the time. So I'm there's just not saying, a dead end. I yeah, think the thing is, yeah, like the whole point... If you do things in the wrong order in some of these games... You it's screwed. a dead end. Yeah, you can't solve done. the puzzle. Yeah. There's something called Dark Seed. Do you remember Dark Seed? I don't know if you yeah, guys... Yeah, the saw, graphics. I mean, it's the great, great artwork. artwork and stuff. Oh, so yeah, it yeah, basically, yeah. if you didn't do things in time, and I've never got anywhere in that game, apparently if you miss certain things, it's done. Mm. It's done. We are finished. We don't want that. We don't want that. We want everything at our own pace. Yeah. Our own pace. Slow and steady. And the action at our own pace with decisions. And also, if there is going to be an action bit, first person, sh- shooter, view. Killer ants. With yeah. light gun support. <laughs> yeah. Possibly light a gun Wii, support. Possibly a Wii remote because yeah, no one has a CRT yeah, these yeah. days. And there yeah. you go. That's yeah. it. That's the perfect. Yeah, I'd play it. I think people will accuse us of just getting everything good about LucasArts games and <laughs> melding it together. Nah, what are you talking about? Yeah, but but they, they're wrong. Clearly yeah. they're wrong. I mean, my favourite point and click adventure is probably Monkey Island still. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Monkey Island 1. Yeah. It's my favourite probably, yeah. Yeah. It's that good. Keith, favourite point, point and click adventure? Green Pandango. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. James? I was, I'm going to say Broken Sword. 
Broken, you know, Broken Sword. Broken Sword's great, actually, yeah. Very it's, nice. It's a good, clever game. I mean, I think the genre is a bit done. I think we love the genre. I think it's definitely of our time. I can't see... I think Monkey Island... I can't see... What else is going to rejuvenate it? If Monkey Island, the new one's good, but it's not been amazing... So hard to recap. It's hard, isn't it? In the what's what's been well. the like reception generally? Like ratings. Been pretty good. It has been pretty good, but I'm not sure. Is it coming to consoles, for example? I don't know. No, I think so. It maybe it is. I mean, I mean, I'm talking rubbish. I think it is on some consoles. It's actually, hard, but... man. When you, we, things change with the times, I mean, look, you're, you and the rest of the world are super excited about the new Zelda game. Mm. But look how. Look how those games have evolved. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they're still, yeah they're different. Still, Does that look anything like the original Zelda? Action RPGs, yeah. just like they were in the 16-bit fin- days, yeah, but they've ventures, evolved yeah. in such a way that they're com- almost unrecognizable. It is unrecognizable. Yeah. I was just so we way, needed an to, open to, to world. Expect, to expect like a Monkey Island game that's the same as the ones from 30 years ago to still grab people. Yeah. It's like, that's it's fair. A lot. It kind of has to be open world if you're going to have this... Time traveling pirate exploring guy <laughs> with multiple murder mystery arcs. It is going to be kind of. Can you have an open world two D pixel art world though? Well, it's that... kind of. I mean, you'd click through two D screens, but yeah. it would be open yeah. to an extent. You could yeah. go into people's houses and yeah. play their yeah. play. You know, turn their washing machines on and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Turn on a dinosaur's washing machine. I don't know. Anyway, but I think we've got it. I mean, what was Abe Simpson's advice? If you ever go back in time, <laughs> just. Don't don't touch anything, innit? Don't, don't touch, touch anything. <laughs> He's right. You touch one thing, everything's screwed. Anyway. <laughs> on that note, listeners, have we got it? Have we got it? Have, have we got formula? Have we got the secret formula? Have we done it again? We've I think we've nailed time, it. Every on the head, time mate. we nailed it. Platformers completely. Have we got a name for the game? Beat em ups complete it. What are we gonna call it? Oh. Ooh. Space Pirate. Space the Pirate. The Adventures of Mark Hamill, the Space Pirate. Oh, yeah. Pirate to the Future? I don't know. That yeah. sounds a bit <laughs> That sounds a bit... You could have, I don't know, pirate arcs. I don't know. Pirate okay. arcs. That's pretty good, yeah. Pirate, pirate murders. Anyway. <laughs> guys. Why have we got pirates? Like, it doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Pirates. pirates. No, but take the, the pirate bit out and it makes sense. <laughs> pirates is on the list. I've made the big list. It's on there. Yeah. Pirate makes no sense. <laughs> I'm We're basically p- having to accommodate the word pirate into everything. <laughs> so he basically steals stuff. So basically, while solving the murder mysteries oh, and traveling through time, he has to steal stuff. Plunder. And if you don't steal stuff, Ooh. you don't survive. Plunder arc. There you go. But you, but you can't Plunder die arc. in this game because we don't want him to die. No. No, we don't want death in a point and click adventure. No, no, no. That's it. We did it. Woo. Hey, we're geniuses. Listeners, <laughs> let us know. Let us know if you Why would buy we this millionaires? game. <laughs> let us know if you would buy this game. Let us know if your kids would play this game. Let us know if we've rejuvenated the genre as we do every time we do this. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. You can tweet us at Arcade Attack UK. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Arcade Attack UK. Check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots more retro gaming goodness and to delve into our archives. Our podcasts are also available on Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, YouTube and Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review and a rating, we'd really appreciate it. If you'd like to support Arcade Attack, please check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash arcadeattack, which will give you access to exclusive podcasts, interviews and other bonus content. So, until next time, take care and we'll speak to you soon.